KLVZ and KLVZ HD Brighton, KLVZ FM on 94.3 and 95.3 and streaming at legends953.com. Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And we are back taking your garden questions, but only when you call them in on 303-477-2473. You know the answer to everything, don't you? I've, I've never... No, I don't. It's 42. Oh, it is? Yeah. And I saw on the internet the other day that the root of all evil is 25.8069758. Well, be sure to tell Mordecai. Okay. Because he thinks it stumps. No, it's not. Mordecai from stump removal and daughter he feels that all evil comes into the world through stumps, through stumps yeah. so it's his mission in life to grind out all <laughs> stumps and close those doors that's right <laughs> and the dang fine job he's doing of it <laughs> yeah, but you know the answer I think, that's, I think that's why he wears garlic around his neck oh I, I didn't notice. I, you know, some things I don't, I don't call to people's attention. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. No. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought everybody knew what the answer to everything was. Isn't that from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? It is. Yeah. 42. The answer to life and everything. And everything. Yeah. It's 42. That's kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> it is. And once you know that, you don't need to know anything else. <laughs> what does that mean? That's a whole new question. What is 42? Well, there's a sequel coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, obviously, we don't have any callers right now. Yeah, well, we wouldn't be talking so nonsense. So help put us out of our misery. <laughs> Give us a call. At 303-477-2473. And what? the other thing I learned what? on the Internet. Saltwater taffy isn't actually made from salt water. Yeah, why is it called that? Well, they started calling it that as a joke. It's a marketing ploy. Okay. And it has and it has nothing to do with salt water. <laughs> <laughs> I've wondered that as a kid. Do really? You, my wife told me one yesterday. I don't know if this is true or not. I'm assuming it is because she told me. <laughs> okay. You know why cops are called cops? I don't know. Because their badges used to be made out of copper. Oh, I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds good. It's, uh, <laughs> that's all it takes anymore. <laughs> I, I also read that that you know when you go through a go from one room to the next and you go oh, through yeah. a door. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, you and can't you, remember why you went why into you the wanted, next room. Yeah, uh-huh. I finally figured out what's going on okay. here. Okay, you saw an alien. Yeah, and they had to erase your memory so they could get away. That's right. One of those little flashy things. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I knew there was a good reason. <laughs> yeah, so check your watch. 
before you go, before you leave the room, and then once you are back in the next room, check your watch and see if you're missing any time. <laughs> oh, there are things I forget all the time. <laughs> you know, they say you have to repeat something like 21 times before it sets in your mind. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> no. Like what our back door, and it's always locked. And I always forget to take the key, which is separate. It's sitting right there in the little. Yeah. As soon as I get to the door, I realize I forgot again. And then what? I have to come back in and get the key. Oh, I see. All right. You didn't knock yourself out. No. I I think that's a holdover from when I was when I was a youth. Ooh, that is a while ago. <laughs> it is. And nobody locked their doors. Nobody. Nobody in our neighborhood no. locked their doors. You go off to work, off to school. Yeah. Leave the garage door open. Oh yeah. Oh Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had you know, five kids and they were always coming and going. Uh-huh. Always. So nobody had I don't I don't remember where our key I don't remember we even had a key. Yeah. And if we did, I don't know where it was. Well, I, I certainly didn't have one as a kid. <laughs> I didn't either. No such thing as latchkey kids in my my. No, both my parents worked. So yeah. when I got home from school, I was the oldest. Yeah. You just opened the door and go in. Right. <laughs> didn't think anything of it. I think that's my holdover. So I'm not forgetting the key. It's just that I'm believing I'm still you know, uh-huh. 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> but we had a Corvair. I remember that when I was a kid. Yeah. That's a car you could start without the key. You just turn the, the area where you stick the key in. There's uh-huh. a little flange there. Yeah. You just yeah. turn that and it starts right up. Oh, really? You didn't need the I key. I didn't know that. I don't know why you had a key. <laughs> Other than made you feel like you were doing something, I suppose. Well, now we got keys we don't even use. Right. Yeah, the they car. just sit in your pocket. <laughs> What's this world coming to? I don't know. And then, and then, and then the ones where you could... They had the lever on the dash to change gears. Oh, yeah, I remember those, yes. Yeah, to go from drive to reverse to neutral, that sort of thing. There was a lever on the dash. Yeah. Not on the column. No, 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 no. Not on the floor. Not on the floor, no. My neighbor had Corvair. And sometimes she'd take us to to school. Not often, but sometimes. And she had this habit of turning her turn signal on if the guy in front of her turned his turn signal on. Okay. And I asked her once, why do you do that? She says, I want to warn people behind me that the guy in front of me is turning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you remember Corvairs, but they had a very unique, kind of like VWs, they had a very unique horn. Yep. You hear that horn, you know it's a Corvair. Yep. And we were the only ones in the neighborhood who had one. <laughs> so that's how my folks called us home for dinner. Because we were out in the neighborhood riding bikes and whatever. Yeah. They go out there and honk the horn. <laughs> this day and age, you'd have the police called on you for disturbing the peace or something. <laughs> All right, uh, we've got people on the phone <laughs> wanting to talk to us about things other than Corvairs. So let's go see what Joe is doing out in our in uh, in Lafayette. Good morning, Joe. Morning, morning. I had questions about uh, cleaning up the garden before the leaves have turned brown. So many of my flowers mm. just kind of bloomed a short time, and I. Deadheaded them, butterfly bush and the tall flocks. Mm-hmm. But can I go ahead and cut the stems down as long as the leaves are green, or should I wait till the whole plant goes brown? I would wait until the whole plant grows, uh, goes brown just so it builds up as much energy as possible for next year. Yeah. 
That's what I was wondering about. Okay. Although but, if you did it now, I don't think you would kill anything. Yeah. No, they just were really bad this year. Yeah. And then uh, how late in the season can you put down weed killer? I've got uh, black medic, and I've been treating it for two or three years with that uh, weed-free zone. Mm-hmm. And I've used it um, I think two or three times this summer. I've still got some. But uh, should I put weed killer down until everything goes dormant or or wait till next I don't know how far into the into this season that you can put it down that depends entirely on our weather weed free zone does work well into the colder temperatures yeah. that's one of its benefits uh, that you can use it later into the fall and you can start using it early in the spring uh, but once we start getting temperatures down into the low 40s um, and that's daytime temperatures, not nighttime temperatures. But daytime temperatures in the mid to low 40s, then it's getting too cold. Yeah, okay. And, and should we get a heavy snow, I wouldn't apply it then either. No, don't put it on top of the snow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do that then. Thanks for your advice. You, You're welcome. You bet. Bye-bye. And, and Black, I don't know why they got the name Black Medi. That should look, a, should look that up sometime because the flowers are yellow. You right. They could be designated from the flower color but no No. but anyway that comes back from seed and if you've had it in years past you probably have plenty of seed in the ground and you'll be fighting it for years many years Mm -hmm. because it's a legume and most legume seeds like that last a long long time and not just months long time we're talking decades (laughs) decades exactly so that's a tough one that's a tough one to get rid of because you think you've gotten rid of the the plant, the existing plants, and you probably did with the weed-free yeah. zone. And then you <coughs> look back out there in a month or six weeks, and, well, there's more. Yeah. Guess what? It's it, from seed. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, the weed-free zone worked. It killed the original plant, but it didn't kill the seed. So if that's a real problem, next spring you want to put down a pre-emergent to keep that seed from germinating in the first place. Mm-hmm. So give us a call in the spring so we can tell you what to use then and when yes that would be sometime in april by the way (laughs) some viewers it's like february (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you can use them pre-emergent more than once by the way yeah Uh, they have a they have a a window of efficacy once you put them down it depends on the weed preventer that you're using or the pre-emergent you're using some of them last for a few (coughs) weeks some of them last for a few months so you need to it'll tell you on the label and uh, if you want to make sure that, like, Black Medic would be a warm season, wouldn't it? Isn't it a warm oh, season? Oh, it's a warm season, yeah. yeah. So, you know, putting down a pre-emergent in April is great, but if the pre-emergent lapses by the time June rolls around, then the seed can start coming up in June yeah. when it's warm, so you might want to put it down again. Every year for decades. That's right, <laughs> by stock <laughs> in the company. All right, uh, we've got, who is next? Bob. Bob is next, out in Aurora. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. What's going on with you today? Uh, just a question. You guys are talking about the, the uh, planting the full bul- bulbs yes. earlier. And uh, I was just wondering, it's, uh, I have the bulbs in a raised planter bed, and it's, uh, am I supposed to water them till it freezes hard? Well, actually, you want to water them all winter whenever, we, whenever they get a little on the dry side and the soil isn't frozen. Cause they, oh, okay. They start rooting out in the fall, and so they oh. should not be allowed to go dry 
during the winter because that will affect their ability to flower in the spring. Okay, I got you. That'll do it. Okay. Thanks Thanks, for the call, Bob. Enjoy your show. Well, thank you. We appreciate you listening. You bet. Bye-bye. Yeah, bulbs are one of those things that have a different season than what I'm looking at out the window here. All these, all these trees and shrubs and other things that are green right now. They're going to go dormant, and then you know that's they're pretty much done for the rest of the year. Bulbs, on the other hand, just get started mm-hmm. this time of year and continue growing, but underground you can't see them. And then of course come up and bloom in the spring, and then they're done, and they go dormant during the opposite time of the year. Mm-hmm. So winter watering, especially newly planted bulbs, things that you plant this fall, winter watering is particularly important. But even the uh, bulbs that you had in the ground for years, if we have a really dry winter, and, you know, when don't we, it's a good idea to do some winter watering as well, when the ground is not frozen. So there. You'll get better flowers. If you've ever had tulips or daffodils come up and they produce the foliage... Foliage isn't quite as happy as it could be, and you see a bud coming, but then before it gets above the top of the leaves, or even while it's still down in the leaves, it turns brown and shrivels up. That's an indication that they got dry during the winter. Yeah. Should you have occasion, depending on where you planted your bulbs, you may want to just throw snow on top of them over the winter. It really doesn't matter how much snow you throw on them. No. Because that will help keep the soil moist all the way through the winter. Exactly. And your bulbs will be happy, happy, happy. (laughs) <laughs> you might even hear him squeal yeah, he might <laughs> alright uh, let's see where are we at with time oh we're good uh, I guess uh, who's up next that would be looks like Ron Ron's up next good morning Ron good morning how are you gentlemen today? well great thanks for calling the wise guys what can we do for you well in our cancel culture I'm trying to cancel a bet of Vinca oh goody and and uh, we tried a number of of, of things to uh, to kill it, and it just seems to sit out there and laugh at us when we try anything. We have put um, the weed-free zone on, and then uh, we tried Roundup, and uh, recently we've uh, come across the Fertilome um, brush and stump killer. Oh, yeah, that's got triclopyr in it. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah, it... Um, but we can't tell if there's any effect as yet, and we've put it on when the the vinca. Well, we had we had let it kind of go dry, which may be a mistake. But, yes. Uh, but we have tried putting it on, and um, and the vinca is pretty thick. So, is it something we should maybe mow before we put on? Uh, no, no. That we're it, just trying to figure out how to get it killed. And that brush and stump killer is going to work best for you if you put it on while there's still lots of leaves. But yeah. make sure that the vinca is well watered. No weed killer is going to work well with plants that are under drought stress. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so we can uh, we can try that. Try to get them to drink a little water and then and then hit them with the fertilizer. Yeah, give them a good soak, um, and then maybe wait a day or two for them to rehydrate, and then use the weed killer. Okay, and is is there a way of how long is it going to take so we uh, start to see some results? Hmm. I would say within with the triclopyr, with that brush and stump killer, I would think you'd see results in 
five to seven days. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we were thinking maybe it's one of those that takes three years to take effect. But no. Oh no, no. <laughs> no, I, I probably won't give you a one hundred percent kill rate either. Okay. Uh, the, it, it, you know, everything might look like it dies down. You can get it all cleaned off, and then I'd wait um, and and see if anything resprouts, and then retreat. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate that very much. <clears throat> well, sure. Take care. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. You bet. Thanks for calling. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Bye-bye. <clears throat> I was just looking at my list here of things that are posted relatively recently on Facebook. And uh, things like what he says. Uh, I, a new plant genus, James Britannia, mm-hmm. which I'd never heard of before. Me either. And apparently never gone by any other name either. Oh, okay. You, know, you, you and I would know. This is a, a new name. Apparently not. James Britannia. It's another South African plant that has uh, already been developed quite extensively. Uh, and they're selling it. I, it's You have to take a look at that. Interesting looking plant. The, p- the pictures look kind of f- like flocks almost, the flowers. Kind of. But on a short plant. Yeah, a plant that you know, completely fills and covers a, a, a planter, sort of like uh, a Bracoa or, or the any of the smaller petunias. Um, Anyway, take a look at that. And also, I have a listing for Chili Fest 2021, which is occurring right now at Nick's. No, that was last weekend. Oh, sorry. They're still making chilies, though, aren't they? Yeah, they're still still roasting roasting chilies chilies like crazy. I counted there were 16 (coughs) varieties, different varieties. Different varieties. (laughs) (laughs) Of peppers to choose from. Yeah, don't don't, uh, tell your, your English teacher that. And you can mix and match. You don't have to buy just one kind. You don't have to buy a bushel of one and a bushel of another. You can you can mix and match and then mix them together and have them all roasted at once together. Can, can you roast jalapenos? I guess. I suppose. I don't know. I don't know why, why not? not. But boy, those are hot, 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 hot. <laughs> I, no, no. And also a picture of Keith's autumn squill. This is a plant that really should be blooming in the spring. It looks like well, a spring bloomer. Yeah, you would think so. But no. Anyway, the other one I have, I, I put a picture there of Telotus exaltatus. And you're kind of wondering, what's a Telotus? Yeah, looks what little, is that? looks a little bit like one of the fancy amaranthus that they've okay. come up with. All right. The new one's called Joey. Take a look at that picture. Now, the interesting thing about this is that I've been watching this program on TV called Aussie Gold, I think is the name of it. Okay. That shows um, gold prospectors in Australia. Okay. Out in the middle of nowhere with metal detectors looking for gold. Okay. I, I don't know where this stuff comes from because there's no indication that water has ever touched this land, <laughs> ever. <laughs> anyway, uh, occasionally they show pictures of the surrounding landscape and, you know, they got the typical desert trees and such, and there's telotus growing there wild. Hmm. It looks pretty good. Go figure. Yeah. And so telotus... That, that's a, with a P-T, by the way. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a silent P. It's one of those, Telotus. It's an Australian plant hmm. that they grow as an annual here. So take a look at those pictures. That's free. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we need to go to a break, and we come back and talk to Heather and Gina about stuff. And stuff it is when we get back here on Legends A-10.
What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend autumn evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But can your grass take that kind of pounding? Or will it quickly turn to dirt and mud and weeds? You need a lawn that's been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own Turf Mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in our sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought resistant. Look for Colorado's own Turf Mix at these and other fine garden centers. Tagawa Gardens, Jared's Nursery, Wilmore Nursery, City Floral Garden Center. Now that the weather is starting to warm up, you'll want to protect your ornamental and vegetable garden from various beetles, weevils, and borers, including Japanese beetles. And what better way to prevent these pests from destroying your garden than by controlling them when they're larvae? GrubGone is an easy-to-apply granule product that can be spread on your turf to successfully control grub invaders. Developed by Phylum Bioproducts from a naturally occurring bacteria, GrubGone is a non-chemical BT product that specifically targets only certain scarab pests. And it is safe to use around bees and other beneficial insects. And it's a non-chemical choice for areas frequented by kids or pets. Yes, and if you already have beetles flying around your yard, Beetle Gone is an organic water dispersal powder that can be sprayed directly on your edible plants. And did I mention, it is certified for organic gardening. Find out more at phylumbioproducts.com. Phylum Bioproducts, target the pest, not the rest. Have you been waiting for that last application of fertilizer for the yard? Well, Fertilome has the solution for that. Fertilome Winterizer. Winterizer is the most important application of the entire year. Never skimp on this application. A number of years ago, Fertilome examined university studies of winterlizer formulas and created a special winterlizer for our area. This special formula is quickly and easily converted to stored food for your turf to help it make it through the unpredictable winter months. In the spring, a yard that has Fertilome winterlizer applied to it in the fall will be the fullest, darkest green yard on the block. You'll find Fertilome Winterlizer at your favorite independent garden retailer, including The Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora. To find the closest Fertilome dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. And be sure to tell them that the Garden Wise guys sent you. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And welcome back to the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk. And for those of you keeping track, 
1946, the Pirates, that's my home team. <clears throat> they won over the Cubbies 6-5 to five at Wrigley Field in a game that took three hours and 46 minutes long. That's longer than football. Yeah, three hours. Yeah. Wow. That, that's counting the seventh-inning stretch, too, don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you know on th- today is comic book day? All right. Did you know that, uh, Sean? No, I did not. It's also Crab Newberg Day. Huh. And my favorite, Lobster Day. Hey, can't go wrong with that. And how? And and by the way, while you're underwater there, it's also Fish Amnesty Day. So if you're catching fish today, let them go. <laughs> okay. And International Rabbit Day. I don't know how those are connected. I have no idea. And one that I don't know anything about called Math Storytelling Day. Have you ever had anybody telling you a story using math? Usually teachers, or I'm reading it to myself on a test. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> but Math Storytelling Day. That that sounds a little interesting. And one of my all-time favorites is National Quesadilla Day. Put the lobster in the quesadilla? And then there's a, there's a name that's not spelled at all like, <laughs> like, like it really is, like it sounds. Quesadilla. We've I mean, got Q's and U's and two L's and all kinds of stuff in there. Jeepers, creepers. All right, we're going to back out to the phones here and talk with who, Sean? Uh, we're going to go with uh, Gina. Hi, Gina. Hey. What's up this morning? Well, I have some questions for you. All right. I have a shamrock plant, indoor plant. Yeah. That was growing great. Flowers, everything. Um, and then I took and I fertilized around you know all the plants uh-huh and i not i normally do not fertilize and i know that's probably a no-no but i i went ahead and fertilized and it seemed like within a week to two weeks after that this shamrock plant started having these little white dots on them now it's everywhere it looks like um the the white dots are now um dry spots and the new foliage is coming in where it's, some of the leaves are kind of curled under. Oh, okay. Um, tell me about your fertilizer. How much and what kind? Well, it was Fertilome, I believe, um, and direct, I was directed on the package. Uh, probably, what, one tablespoon per gallon? Yeah. Yeah, that might, that might be the, the problem here. They got over-fertilized. What you might try doing is taking that plant, putting it in the sink, and running several um, several waterings worth of water right down through the plant and just let it uh, leach out some of that fertilizer. Okay. Do I do anything with the leaves? Do I no, I, you know, you know, once they go dry, go ahead and pick them off or cut them off. Uh, okay. And then I'd hold back and be careful in watering it from this point on because you'll be giving it a lot of water. Okay. And just let it go a little bit on the dry side. They have a tendency to go sort of dormant sometimes of the year anyway. Right. And then just, you know, sit back and wait, see what happens. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been looking on, you know, obviously, the winter, the Internet, and it's like this could be mold, it could be this and that, but it just seemed odd because it just started right, like right after I fertilized. Yeah, that's, that sounds like it's probably a fertilizer issue. It's just too many salts all at once for that plant. Okay, okay. Awesome. 
Yeah. Okay, so the other thing is, is um, I have a, a gorgeous south-facing big bay window that gets kind of mostly hot, um, and I I can't seem to. I've got a lot of succulents in there, but it seems like it's too hot for a lot of my indoor plants, and yeah. I put them more back away. Is there something that would thrive if I were to put it actually on the bay window? An indoor plant. Mm-hmm. I I would if you can set it back from the window. Is that possible? Yeah, most of my I've got some pretty big plants that are set back from the window. They're not sitting on the sill. Yeah, um, but, yeah. But you're looking for something that would actually grow in the window. Right. Oh, oh, oh! I I I misheard that. Yeah, I would go anything in the cactus family. Or any of the succulents. Any of the succulents. Aloes. Almost any of them, yeah. Aloes come to mind. Okay. They they seem to like hot, sunny spots. And things like jade plant, and there's you know like, like a thousand things that look like jade plant, all of which would probably work well. Some other tropicals that would like the heat like that would be things like bougainvillea or hibiscus. Okay. Would be a couple of... A couple of okay. recommendations. Okay. And a vine called Hoya, H-O-Y-A, likes a lot of sun. Okay. Yeah, I'd just go to a garden center and say, you know, point me to the succulents. Most of them okay. should do really well in uh, in, that, in that kind of a situation. Well, there's some really pretty ones. I, I've, My daughter-in-law, bless her heart, has gotten me into succulents and cactus kicking and screaming the whole way (laughs) but now i'm kind of hooked on them and i really enjoy planting up a low a low squatty pot i call them a low bowl of you know several different succulents in the same container things that have different leaf shapes and different leaf colors and that sort of thing so you make sort of almost like a floral arrangement with them and that that seems to work really well Right now, on succulents, because my my daughter several years back for a for a uh, birthday present got me one of those squatty um, glass bowls that she put succulents in, and they grow. They're beautiful, you know, changing to the orange <clears throat> colors and such. Mm-hmm. How close can you plant succulents together? Because I've I've gone and snipped the tops and put them into other pots. Yeah, it depends on the plant. Some of them grow in size really fast, and others seem not to grow at all i mean they do but boy really slowly yeah right right aloes have a tendency to stay except for the big aloe that you use <coughs> for the burns and that sort of thing but there's a lot of there's a lot of aloes that stay quite small and haworthias stay small um a lot of the a lot of the actual cactus there's some of this the small cactus <laughs> that will work well with some of those succulents if you don't overwater. And then you always want to make sure that your container has a drainage hole. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, just one more real quick question. Now that um, we're getting into the cooler nights, I've got a lot of um, outdoor uh, flowering plants. When is the best time to trim everything down for the winter? Just when it dies or is there a better? Yeah, typically when it dies. I'm, I'm uh, thinking we're talking about perennials here, are we? Um, perennials and annuals. I've, I've kind of put a combination of everything. Well, you realize the annuals won't be coming back. Right. Okay. So 
you, whenever. And, and, and yeah, we're, we're we're almost there anyway. Yeah. Once the mm-hmm. frost takes them out, you can pull yeah. them out. But the perennials, I'd, I'd wait on the perennials until the foliage turns brown. And, and many perennials will actually produce some green leaves near the base um, in the fall uh, and to carry them through the winter. So you want to leave those on. Just take the dead stuff out. Okay. okay. And some perennials uh, produce a lot of seed that birds will use over the winter if you leave the stems up. Oh, okay. Not all of them, but some of them do. Okay. Awesome. Well, that answers all my questions. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Oh, and the other thing I was going to think about in talking about uh, bowls or really low, low uh, squatty pots, plants that don't seem to ever, ever grow. What's that? Living stones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, they don't grow because I kill them every single time. <laughs> every these, single these, time. These plants produce... Two leaves at once. Uh-huh. That's it. And when those leaves get old and die, they produce two more mm-hmm. in place. <laughs> but they look like rocks. <laughs> they do. And they grow in areas that the rocks look exactly like the plants. Mm-hmm. They come in different colors. Guess what? They all grow in areas that, that the color of the rock is exactly like them. Or is it the other way around? I, I think, and I keep. Thinking, I think the rock came first. <laughs> I, I keep thinking, how would you go out there and look at these plants without tramping on plants everywhere? Exactly. And that's probably what people did until they realized, oh, those are squishy under my yeah. feet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking leaves that are all the size of the end of your thumb, mm-hmm. and imagine two of those opposite each other. That's it. It's all you get. Oh, they might bloom. Yeah. But they're pretty blown. I tried growing them from seed. Yeah. They came up great. <coughs> mm-hmm. They died great. <laughs> what did you do wrong? I did something wrong. I must have looked at them cross-eyed yeah. or didn't stand on one foot when I was watering yeah, them. They, they're easy to overwater, apparently. Very You, you shouldn't water them, maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they, they Spit water. on them once in a while. <laughs> and I don't know that they ever require fertilizer. They grow in almost pure gravel. Yeah. <coughs> Well, that might have been my which, my which problem. I might have had them in too rich of a potting uh, soil. So that makes them a challenge, which is exactly what some people want. I don't want that much of a challenge. And when they when they finally bloom, you know, after ten or twenty years, <laughs> then they take a picture and put it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I gr- I'm growing ferns from spores. That's enough of a challenge. Yeah, I, I can do that, but I can't grow those stupid <laughs> living. You stones. know, you can grow moss from spores too. Yeah, yeah. And, and so Lagenella and a uh, bunch of things like that. Mm-hmm. We'll get busy. No. I don't want to be that busy. Okay. Ferns are enough. All right. Actually, you probably noticed that when you were growing your ferns in, in sphagnum peat. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, just sphagnum moss. Sphagnum moss. That some of that actually started germinating. The moss itself. I, I couldn't tell. I didn't look at it that closely. Because when the, when the fern spores start to germinate, <coughs> mm-hmm. they kind of look like algae anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first I thought what I had was algae. Mm-hmm. And by, then I looked it up on Mr. Google. Thought, no, that's not algae. That's the, yeah. the first stage yeah, of ferns germinating yeah. and growing. The gametophytes. Yes. They have a name for it. <coughs> I think, uh, well, there's a different name for it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean... The, the terms I'm using are 
one ones I was taught, yeah. which means that now that's all passe. That's all passe. Yeah, exactly. All right, I think we have Betsy on the line yeah. today. Betsy. Out in, Germ- in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> at Jared's Garden Center. Where did Germany come from? I, I don't, don't know. know. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning, guys. How are you this morning? Hey, We're Betsy, good. are you of good Germanic stock? Um, no, I think I'm a Heinz 57 stock. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good, too. <laughs> <laughs> Were you guys talking about the pumpkins this morning when I flipped the radio on? And yes. Yeah, about that was us. house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I only caught the end of the conversation. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess Peter Pumpkin Eater put his wife in one, so... Why yeah. not? <laughs> well, he, he was kind of a sicko. I think they put him in jail. <laughs> For abuse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> abuse of pumpkins? <laughs> so you've got, a big, you go. you've got a big old giant pumpkin way off going on today, right? We do, and we are just waiting for more entries to show up. We had a, a, young, a young person in yesterday to bring his beautiful little orange pumpkin in to be part of the junior class. Yes, uh-huh. And um, he said he was so proud of it. He was gonna. He's been growing it organically, and then when it's um, when it's done with its little life, he's gonna donate it to the lions, tigers, and bears to play oh, with. Oh yes! Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> Which is actually a good thing to you know do with pumpkins that don't get home. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I like to yeah. when they give them to the elephants, and the elephant picks them up. With you know, with their trunk, the whole a whole pumpkin, and puts yeah. it in their mouth and smashes it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so we're we're all ready. We've got our food trucks here. We've got um, breakfast cooking on some of them. Everything's been set up to look kind of festive for fall. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yeah, we're just waiting for the entries to show. We're going to open the gates probably in about five minutes and. Start unloading the monsters. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on being over there. Why don't we tell, I'm sure we have some listeners who, who don't know what the heck we're talking about. I mean, everybody knows what a pumpkin is, but they don't know right. your pumpkins. Describe yeah, these, some of those pumpkins for us. Oh, my goodness. We have um, a couple new employees that, you know, they're kind of they're kind of surprised at what's been going on in the last two weeks to prepare for this event as far as, you know, getting the shrub pad all cleared for the bouncy castles, and and then the you know they're like, well, how, you know, for them they're thinking of Cinderella's pumpkin, you know, that she yeah. climb into and that thing. I said, no, 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 we're we're talking more. They they can't hold their weight, you know, in that shape anymore, even though they're a nice arch. Mm-hmm. So they look more like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, and Keith, you know, your your Nick's and yours is next weekend. So yeah. you know, so uh, so we've got a, one pumpkin here that's probably sitting on a pallet. It almost fills a four by four pallet, and it is only about two and a half feet tall, and yes. she's got the the stems are about the size of my thigh (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) and they've got the stems down in water because they don't want them to lose water yeah they do lose several pounds a day you bet yeah and they also gain several pounds a day since we didn't have that cold spell like we had last year where all the vines were killed yeah they're still out there growing Mm -hmm. but they only grow for like 100 days so yeah i mean last year's big guy 
was um, 1,624 pounds. You know, about the, you know, but not the, quite the size of a smart car. Uh, wow. Is that, is that the biggest like a, one you've ever had? <clears throat> no, the largest one, let me see if I can see the signs. There's a 1,475, and I'm afraid the um, Bratwurst truck is like in... <laughs> I thought you had an 1,800-pounder once. Yeah, I kind of think, I kind of remember that, too. But I'm going to see. There's a 1,288. Yeah, we had one come in from Kansas. Your, your stomping ground, Keith. Yeah. Six, 1,685. That was the largest oh, okay. one that, right. you know, qualified for Colorado. And that was in 2016. Okay. So, yeah, we're hoping to... We're hoping to have an 1,800-pounder here today. Excellent. We'll see. We'll see. And then hopefully one of the growers will uh, donate his pumpkin for the pumpkin drop around 4 o'clock. So. How many thousands of feet in the air do you take that thing? <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> um, a tenth. <laughs> Probably between 100 and 150 feet. Okay. All that, right. That's a big crane. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a a a the largest plop on the asphalt that you can imagine. It's I bet just, you can feel it in your feet. Uh, I, I, actually, I'm more worried about the chunks flying. I know. <laughs> I think it registers about a four or five on the Richter scale. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Pretty what else much, is yeah. what else is going on? What I, I as I recall, you have like some mazes going on and some other things for the kids. Yeah, in addition to the um, the bouncy castles, which are, you know, just for the day, you know, for um, for the whole rest of the pumpkin season, we have a maze, we have a corn pit that, you know, they can just, you know, it's almost like having a sand pit. You can bury them, people in it. You can uh, have, uh, you know, bring your toys and fill up and empty things. We have um, our mini haunted house that Aaron has been working really hard on, and uh, I think he's just about ready. It's almost ready for prime time, maybe tomorrow or Monday. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds and like fun. Tell everybody where you're at. We are at 10500 West Bowles Avenue, which is between Kipling and Sims, and uh, we are open 9 to 5 during the weekends and 9 to 6 during the week. And uh, we usually host a lot of the little preschools and um, other small groups. And the reason I had a, I didn't call you right on time is I was um, working with a, a lady who wants to do a birthday here. Mm. So we do offer the space and all the activities for families to, um, you know, have events, whether they come as, a, you know, little picnic areas or birthday parties. That sounds great. Well, thank yeah. you for calling, Betsy, and I hope you have a record pumpkin today. I sure hope so, too, guys. You guys, I'll, hopefully one or two of you will show up today, and we can chat a little bit further. And All the, right. um, the weighing starts at noon, is that right? Uh, yeah, the, the uh, yeah, contestants all need to be here by 10, and then they'll measure them, length, width, height, and then they have, believe it or not, there are charts that like would make an engineer go crazy <laughs> because by those things they can determine relatively easily how much 
pumpkin weighs. Yeah, the estimation on that. Then they actually weigh them. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. sure which young person who shows up will be chosen to actually climb into the winter to get the seeds out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, Betsy. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, everybody should go out there. Take your kids. Take your grandkids out there. Take your grandparents out there. It, it's just amazing to see vegetables that big. And I heard she said there were food trucks, as in oh, more than one. Yeah, yeah. And they were cooking breakfast already. Yeah. So that's a nice incentive, yeah. too. Yeah, and I think they also have other vegetables, uh, fruits, on to, to vie for metals or whatever they vie for. Like the longest gourd in the world. Oh, okay. It's like 39 feet long or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the biggest Blue Hubbard squash. I don't know what they're going to have this year, but uh, giant stuff. Sounds like fun. Well, we better get to a break. And when we come back, we've got Heather and Terry and Darlene all waiting uh, to talk to us. And we'll do it when we come back here on Legends 810. In the spring, everything is about the roots. Use Fertilome Root Stimulator and Plant Starter Solution for everything you plant. Trees, shrubs, ornamentals, and flowers. Make three applications 10 to 14 days apart and get up to 33% more roots. More roots means summer hardiness, increased drought tolerance, and less insect and fungus issues. Fertilome Root Stimulator and Plant Starter Solution also reduces transplant shock and promotes greener, more vigorous plants. Ask for it at your favorite local independent nursery, garden center, or hardware store, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, and Jared's Nursery in Littleton. Goodness, if I'm not mistaken, it feels like we might actually have a fall season this year. This is Luann Aiken, Tagawa's Garden Ambassador. Some years we seem to shift from summer right into winter, but this year, maybe not. Having a fall season to enjoy is cause for celebration. To help get you into the fall mood, Tagawa's is happy to be offering a variety of activities this weekend. Today and tomorrow from 10 to 2, there will be live music, food trucks, and Mr. Bones, the walking T-Rex. It's great fun for kids. For a real taste of country, reserve your seat for an old-fashioned hayride. The link to sign up is under the events section at Tagawa Garden. Today, we're also getting a special visit from the Arapahoe County Mounted Patrol. Come meet these men and women in blue and help them raise money for the Back the Blue Canine Patrol. Also today, Miles the Bronco mascot will be joining us at Tagawa's from noon to one. Bring the camera and the kids of all ages. Tomorrow, slide back in time with our vintage truck show. Also tomorrow, the Eastern Colorado beekeepers will be bringing their fascinating see-through beehive. Of course, walk our indoor pumpkin patch loaded with would-be jack-o'-lanterns. We also have beautiful decorator pumpkins, gourds, winter squash, and corn stalks to give your front porch or balcony a real touch of autumn. Full details of this weekend's events are at TagawaGardens.com. It's fall fun in abundance at Tagawa's, your garden store, and so much more. Quit pointing at me. That's rude. <laughs> Sean points at us every time we're coming back from a break. Yeah, we, we, we can't afford an on-air light here, so <laughs> That's right. we have to wait for Sean to point at us. And point he did, which means that we're back in the air taking your garden questions. And having said that, well, we'll get out there and talk to Heather right away. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, uh, gentlemen. 
I have plants that I transplanted from their original containers after I purchased them from a garden center. And bottom line, I put them in larger pots, and I'm not sure, given this summer with the ozone alerts, I had them in the sun and in the shade, and I think I overwatered or underwatered. In any case, some of them are struggling, and I have the Silver Heels Whorehound and Knick Knick Evergreen Beauty. Ultimately, they're going in to my yard that I'm redoing. Mm-hmm. Is are there? And I'm finding sometimes some of these plants, even though they say they can take full sun, and the Whorehound, the Silver Heels Whorehound is a plant select plant, mm-hmm. and it's a situation where I'm thinking in Green Mountain, the western part of Lakewood, the sun's intense. I've had these plants at my deceased parents' home in the driveway ready to transfer them over to my home, but bottom line, is just a situation where, can you give me the ideal location, especially with the, the air quality this past summer? I don't know if it's been extremely hard. I know it's been hard on me from a health standpoint, but it's been difficult, I think, for, even for the plants. Uh, well, as bad as the air quality has been, in a couple of days we had the worst air quality in the world. That's true. I remember now, that. It, that you mentioned it's, that. it's obviously not doing anything good for us as humans, but <clears throat> and it's not doing anything good for plants, but I haven't seen any reports anywhere that, that it's causing real serious problems for plants. Well, the air quality issue is the smoke, right? <clears throat> Yeah. Right. Well, that's natural. I mean, fire, forest fires are natural. The smoke from forest fires is natural. It's True. not like it was combustion engine pollution or, you know, stuff like that, acid rain or what have you. So I, I'm not too concerned about the plant's health, but I am concerned about saying you said that you transplanted them into larger containers. How, how much bigger? I mean, what size were the pots that they were in when you bought them, and then what size pots did you put them in? They would they a couple of cases they would have been about five to six inches and they went into an eight inch okay so that that's not too big and what kind of potting soil did you use oh what did i use oh i used nicks actually okay good so that would have been a good one now both of those plants are fairly low water plants especially the the silver heels it's it doesn't like to be wet that's my mistake then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I overwatered them because I could see them drying out, and they seemed to be a little scorched, and I thought that's the sun, and the soil was dry. And even though I stuck my finger down in, the soil seemed to have compacted some, and it was dry, so I watered. And ultimately, I removed the saucers on these plastic oh, containers. Oh, good, yeah, yeah. And so I would have the natural drainage that way. But what I want to know, given for in-yard planting, and my home faces east-west, so basically it's the hot summer sun on the west side, and I have the morning sun on the east side of the house, the back side in the backyard. With these two plants, uh, the whorehounds and the knick-knick, they should all have some, they can't, at least at my deceased parents' house, southeast metro area, southeast Aurora, and in the driveway, obviously with the concrete, there's the reflective sun and heat, et cetera. 
what is the ideal location? Because I'm thinking they can't take as much intense sun as even the instructions say on the cards. Well, I think the Kinnikinnick, being a native to Colorado, I mean, I see that up in the mountains growing under trees, not so much out in the sun. So mostly shade for that. Maybe the east side would be great for that. But doesn't the silver heels, the whorehound, doesn't that need to be in a pretty hot, sunny, isn't that a Mediterranean plant? Yes, turkey. Yeah, so that needs to be in a pretty hot, sunny spot that doesn't get too much water. That's where my mistake has been. Too much water for the silver heels whorehound and then with the kinnick kinnick having it in the sun because it was shaded by some shrubbery at my yard and then given those drought years a few years ago i lost basically the whole plant and removed the juniper that was shading it somewhat Mm -hmm. so that explains that so you've answered my questions and i do thank you very much well thank you for your call this morning heather and hope you have a wonderful fall And until I talk to you the next time. Okay. Okay. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye. So I was wondering, Jim, this is just something that came flashed across my mind. Is there anything, is there anything in that smoke that we've been experiencing all summer, anything beneficial you oh. know, <laughs> that will come down into the soil, <clears throat> any nutrients or anything like that that would actually be beneficial to the plant life around I here? Would, I would think so. Me too. Um, volcanic soil is notable for having lots of new minerals from the center of the earth. Uh-huh. Now, it's often deficient in certain minerals, but other stuff, it grows plants quite well. So the forest fire type stuff, I mean, that, that all, all those nutrients originate from plants. Yeah, yeah. So I can't imagine it would hurt anything. Especially if it got rained in, you know, get it out of the so- get it out of the air and into the soil. Yeah, that, that would would be the best thing too. Yeah. I mean, there, there's nutrients, if you will, there are minerals in in that smoke that you and I need to to live. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we should be subjected Inhaling to smoke it. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Two different stories. Exactly. There. All right, let's see who's who's next. Uh, oh, Terry is next out in Parker. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, hey, I was hiking on Loveland Pass a couple of weeks ago, and we uprooted a couple of young pine trees. <sighs> They're about a, oh, you big sigh, uh-oh. <laughs> They're about a foot tall, including the roots, and they have a beautiful root system. Looks like we got the whole root. Um, you're not talking at all, are <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm We're waiting for the question. I know. I'm going to plant them, and I want your advice as to the best way to plant them for, for hopefully good results. I'd put them in regular potting soil. You wouldn't <laughs> put them in the ground? Oh, I, I'm sorry. Do you want to put them in the ground? I do. Oh, okay. Um. I bought half compost. Well, don't use much of that. They're gonna have. They oh, have to get used okay. to your native soil, um, so okay. don't do, don't go crazy over preparing the planting hole because that's not gonna do you any benefits in the long term. But don't. Okay. Uh, my 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 advice would be don't plant them any deeper than what they were in the ground when yeah. you dug them up. Oh, <clears throat> oh okay. But, Water but wider, like the whole. Oh, I mean, you can make it wider, sure. Uh, but yeah. uh, just the act of digging up the soil and and you know chopping the the shovel into the soil does break it yeah. up and allows more air to be in the soil and that's what uh, a lot of plants really like that 
okay. to get, especially to get started. Okay. Now, do you know what kind of trees these are? You know, they're beautiful. They're um, they up in up on the pass, and and you know, obviously the conditions probably warrant this, but they grow very tall and thin. Um, they look yeah, like the, yeah. the pretty Christmas trees. You know that they've got the very beautiful. Well, keep in mind they get a lot of moisture up there, so don't don't treat them like a dry land plant. Right, right. How often? Yeah, they were next to a creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. So they're probably a yeah. spruce. Yeah, cover probably a spruce. They're, they're. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. I I just really hope we can get them to. So how often? Uh, once I plant them, should I be watering? Uh, whenever they go dry. Whenever that happens, and you have to determine that. With your finger. Okay. With your finger. So don't let them go okay. bone dry. Right. Okay. All right? All right. And how, okay, how long do I have to be doing that? Like for the next year or? Well, forever. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah they're not, they're not going to grow down here with just normal <clears throat> rainfall. You're going to have to no. be supplementally oh, okay. watering them for the rest of their life. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for your call, Darlene. You bet. Terry. Bye. Oh, Terry. Yes. Terry, yeah. And Terry, don't do that again. That's, I don't think it's legal to no, go up there and not. dig stuff up. That's, no, that's it's not. We won't turn you in this time. No. You get a pass. People often ask, when, where is it uh, you know, legal to, 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 to take seeds or take rocks? Take? The answer is nowhere. What about private property? Nowhere. Really? Unless you have permission. Okay. Private property, obviously. Yeah. But the federal government wants to know, too, if you're going to be digging stuff out of the the wild. They don't like that. Not without permission. Uh Uh-uh. All right. We have to get out of here. Uh, You know, uh, so put your uh, seat backs and trays in the upright position because we're coming in for a landing. And we got to get out of here. But we'll be back next week and do it all over again right here on Legends 810. The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications.